obviously we have to sell things because we have to survive and feed our families and our employees and all those things. But really, ultimately, it's about our prospects and our customers and our audience. And we have to fulfill what it is they need through a conversation. Otherwise, it's just a monologue. And that's really, I have to be honest with you, that's what it feels like whenever I look at all these landing pages and websites. It's, I feel like everybody's just monologuing at me. And I have no opportunity to have a dialogue with someone. And once you realize that you do have the power to have a dialogue with someone quickly, simply, easily, then that, believe me, it's a breath of fresh air for your audience when they actually are invited into a dialogue with you and a conversation with you rather than just sitting there listening to your monologue. This is Getting to Yes, the podcast with leaders from all walks of life exploring their successes, mistakes, and lessons learned in influence and persuasion. Getting others to say yes and then taking an insight or two to help them achieve even greater things. In last week's episode, my guest Tom Jacobs covered the keys to conversational selling and why conversations are so critical in the process to enroll new customers, clients, or patients, which is the perfect setup for today's guest, Mary Catherine Johnson. And Mary Catherine and I connected to a marketing conference where she spoke on creating conversations that connect, and more specifically, how to go about designing those conversations intentionally, as well as how to let technology assist you in the early stages of those conversations. Always ready for CEO mischief, Mary Catherine is a business and automation futurist, helping entrepreneurs create massive impact and profits through her mischief success path. MK, welcome to the show. Hey, Oli. So good to be here. Thank you. From the moment I met you, I felt we're birds of the same feather. We both recognize the power of technology, yet we also understand that you can't automate everything, that one-on-one -on -one conversations are ultimately generating the best results. You can't skip them. They're an essential part of marketing. And so let's unpack why it's so important to create conversations that connect. Oh my goodness. It's so important because as our world gets larger and we can access so many people, we really need to connect with the right people and have the conversations that those people need from us. We're business owners. We don't just want to sell things. Obviously, we have to sell things because we have to survive and feed our families and our employees and all those things. But really, ultimately, it's about our prospects and our customers and our audience. And we have to fulfill what it is they need through a conversation. Otherwise, it's just a monologue. And that's really, I have to be honest with you, that's what it feels like whenever I look at all these landing pages and websites. It's, I feel like everybody's just monologuing at me. And I have no opportunity to have a dialogue with someone. And once you realize that you do have the power to have a dialogue with someone quickly, simply, easily, then that, believe me, it's a breath of fresh air for your audience when they actually are invited into a dialogue with you and a conversation with you rather than just sitting there listening to your monologue. Yeah, this reminds me what Tom Jacobs mentioned that ultimately people want to tell you about their problem and that they need help right now. And if you deprive them of that opportunity, you're really missing out on a key aspect of they sell themselves on your solution, why they want to partner with you, why they want to connect with you. And I, I believe, you know, you said it best, 
one conversation can lead to a leap forward in your business. So why don't we go down that rabbit hole, you know, the power of a single conversation with the right person. Absolutely. So let me let me back up a little bit to what you just said and say, which do you think your audience member or your prospect will choose between two, whoever, a doctors, lawyers, whoever, a person who just tells them things about how great their company is, or the person who actually asks a question of them and then listens to the answer. That person, that other company could not be anywhere near the caliber that you are. But they listened. They asked a question and they listened. And that's all we really want to have as humans. When we're buying anything, when we're interacting, we want to be listened to. We want to be heard. We want to know that what we need is being taken care of. So that's it. So yes, one conversation seriously can help you leap forward in your business. And leap, each letter in that word stands for something. And it starts with asking a question. So if you have a website, you have a application or a quiz or a survey or even your email automation or in my world, chatbots or conversational automation, it starts with that first question. And that question needs to actually address the symptom that they have. So if we're talking to doctors, you know what symptoms are. But you need to look at that symptom as it manifests in their life right now. It may not be a symptom medically. It may be a symptom that they need an education of some kind. And you need to know what that symptom is. And you need to ask them about that. So when you ask that question, do you have, do you experience X, Y, Z in your daily life? Whatever that is. And that'll stop them in their tracks and say, oh, yeah, actually I do. And when you ask that question, if you have an opportunity, technically, automation-wise, for them to answer that question in an automated way, now you can listen, which is the first L in that, that the first letter in that word. When you listen to their answer, they will again feel heard, like I just mentioned. The second one, it, the E, is now you have an opportunity, again, for that dialogue to engage with them and get deeper into how that symptom manifests in their life. And if you have the tools to help them fix it, that's all you're doing. And of course you're going to come, probably most of us are gonna come with an understanding that I want to sell them something or I want them to do a certain thing. I used to teach nutrition education. I used to teach age ed education. I had a purpose in that. I wanted people to eat better. I wanted people to live better. But still you have to listen and engage with an open heart and open ears. Yes, you have yeah. an intention. And just to chime in on that, working with so many integrative and functional medicine practitioners, I often find that the number one complaint that patients have in the conventional medical system is, my doctor is not listening. I don't feel hurt. You just get diagnosed, you get sent home with a pill, come back later, but there's very little dialogue, as you said, and you're right. Marketing used to be really all about monologues, about one-to-many communication form, either via email marketing, via social media, via ads. It's an inherently a one-to-many monologue. And yes, there's an opportunity on social media to engage, but maybe some topics are too sensitive and people don't want to engage publicly and acknowledge that they have this problem. And so this is where obviously having private one-on-one -on -one conversation is infinitely more powerful 
than doing it in a public forum. So let's go to the A of LEAP. Yes. So we've engaged with them in, again, an automated way. We've actually had a back and forth, asked a few more questions, understood their answers, and directed them to the next question based on their answer. Remember, this is engagement. This isn't just yes or no, I'm going to give you this exact same next piece of information. You can actually engage and reply based on their answer. A is then you take your content, your business, your solution, and adapt it to whatever it is they say to you. Whatever it is they give you, whatever information they give you through that engagement, you can now, if possible, obviously you're not going to change your entire business model, but most of the people, if you're asking the right questions and listening, you can adapt your solution to what they need. And talk about feeling heard. I mean, that's going to be beyond feeling heard. That's going to be like you are customizing your solution, your solution to my pain to me. And even if it's not a specific customization where you're actually going to go customize it, it feels like it is because I feel heard. I feel like someone's listening to me and they're going to provide the specific response and solution I need. So that's adapt is the A. And then really the P is their pain. Now you have the opportunity to take them from pain or problem to bliss. I call it bliss. It's like right now I'm on pain island and all I need is the boat to get me over to bliss island. But nobody knows what kind of boat I need and nobody knows when I need to go there because nobody's listening to me. So if you you ask questions, you listen to the answers, you engage with the responses to get a deeper understanding of what this person needs, and then you adapt your solution to fulfill that, now you can take them from pain island to bliss island. And you leap forward in your business at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. This is what really changes the energy, the vibe from selling to really serving. Because as you said, when you adapt your solution, you're really serving them in the way they want to be served, in the way they need to be served. And that ultimately makes the audience understand that you're really here to address their pain and be a resource, be help to you. And it's not so much about making money, it's about solving the problem. And this is so powerful in, in the design of conversations or in even designing your offer that when you have that one-on-one conversation, finally maybe on the phone, on Zoom, that people feel that connection, that people understand your values, how you care. And there was more to than just an email autoresponder that gets sent to every single person. Yeah. And again, compare yourself to someone who's not doing this. If you're not doing this and your competitor is, or someone who's similar to you is doing this, it doesn't matter how great your service is. It doesn't matter what an amazing team you have. It doesn't matter because no one's going to know that because they're not going to be able to engage with you and not feel heard. So even if your competitor is not as good and doesn't have all the amazing things that you have to solve people's problems, they're going to go where they think they're heard. And Mm. that's it. Uh, That's what a conversation will do, especially in this noisy world, because everybody's monologuing at them. So how do they decide what's really going to differentiate you? And really listening to people is what's going to differentiate you. Absolutely. Let's go to your backstory. I'm really curious. How did you fall in love with offseat automation, but more specifically chatbots? How did that come about? Oh my goodness. I could go way back, but I'll I'll just take it a real quick journey. In 2003, I was pregnant with my second son. I was eight months pregnant and I fell and broke both my legs. 
And in that process, I had to navigate labor and delivery and caring for my newborn. And I had a toddler at the time as well. All of, I had to navigate life with a cast on both legs up to the knee. And that really was a wake up call for me. What in the world am I going to do? How do I do this? This is not normal for me. And through that process, I finally realized what I really wanted to do. And that was to start a business. So I started my first business in 2003. Actually, that happened in 2001. I started the business in 2003, 18 months later. And that first business, because I was a technical recruiter, I used to actually find jobs for techies. I was able to tap into the uh, the people that I'd found jobs for to really help me understand how I could use this new power of the internet and websites and all of these things to be able to serve my customers. And that was my first really foray into loving technology. I'm not a coder. No way. I, there's no way anybody could call me that. But my brain does work in a way that I can simplify complex situations so I could understand them. And uh, fast forward to after the recession, 2008, and I just went through all kinds of identity crisis and all this kind of stuff. I started podcast and networked with people who were parents trying to build businesses at the same time, just like I was. And through that process, they asked me to handle their marketing for them because I was Mm -hmm. teaching them through the podcast. And so I'm like, okay, I was an accidental agency owner. I just fell into it because people asked me to do it for them. But then 2017, January 2017, I was on an email list. Here's the power of email automation. I was on the email list of Andrew Warner, who is the host Mm -hmm. of a podcast called Mixergy. And he sent an email that absolutely got my attention. It said, how would you like 80% open rates and 60% click-through rates? I'm like, yeah, I'd love that. (laughs) He said, I'm doing a webinar and I don't usually attend webinars. I sign up for them and watch the replays. But for some reason, I wasn't doing anything else at this time and wanted to attend this live webinar. And in this live webinar, he actually took us through how a chatbot works. And this is very new technology because Facebook just opened up their API, their platform for chatbots on their platform in uh, mid-2016. And so January 2017, some of these companies that would allow us to use this technology were starting to flourish. And he showed us how easy it was. And there was a free program I could start with called Chat Fuel. And I'm just like, wow, okay, this is easy. And I had to pay $400 to get onto his calendar to see if I could take his course. And uh, it was refundable. I'd never taken a course before. I was a superhero solo entrepreneur all my existence in business. And I took that opportunity. I purchased his program and and that was called Bot Academy. And three years later, he asked me to take over Bot Academy for him. And so now I am the owner and facilitator of Bot Academy. And it just chatbots, the fact that we could have these conversations with people in an automated way, meet them where they were, respond to them in the ways that they needed, was just blew my mind. And it grabbed me by the throat and would not let go. And I just, I had to follow. That, that's a fascinating story. I didn't know that it it really just started back in 2017. But then again, in hindsight, that's when chatbots really came out. I know that going to some conferences, that was all the rage for exactly the reason that you mentioned. Insane mm-hmm. open rates. And what we're finding it, if you compare email marketing, let's say you have 20% open rate. of the eyeballs are gone already. 
And then yes. people don't open emails right away. So the latency is so that for people to have the 10 touch points, we're talking about three, four, five months. It, yeah. it takes forever to get people yeah. from the initial opt-in into an actual discovery call versus text messaging or you know chat messaging. With text messages, everyone has a smartphone, everyone has a cell phone number, so you can text them and we see open rates on the order of 90 to 95%. People immediately open it if you have a conversation. These timeframes can really be collapsed from months to days to hours and you can accomplish so much more. So obviously in the beginning, everyone was using chatbots on Facebook, on social platforms. And then more recently, you know, now we have tech spots where people, the holy grail is get somebody's email, but even more important, their cell phone number so that you have the right to text them on their phone, no app necessary. And yet the same principles apply. Whatever worked in chatbots can also work and will work in, in text messaging bots. So I'm glad you say this. So let's go maybe a little bit tactical for a bit. How do you go about crafting conversations, no matter where they happen? Really good question. So my process is pretty simple. I Before this whole chatbot thing happened, I was a Twitter user. It's just natural for me. I like the short bursts. I like, I'm like i a get-it-done kind of person. I'm not going to sit mm -hmm. and chat over what my meal is. And that was kind of a Facebook thing, right? I was on Twitter. And it was 140 characters. I had to figure out what I was going to say in that short amount of time. So when the chatbots came out, it was like, oh, it's like Facebook and Twitter had a baby because you can actually communicate like you're engaging with someone on Facebook, but you're doing it tweet-like. So I call it face tweet. It's that kind of a situation. And it doesn't matter where you're having it, whether it's on your website, because you can have a chatbot specifically on your website, or if you're in social media, you can have a chatbot that responds in Facebook DMs or Instagram DMs or WhatsApp. All of those are possible to actually have a chatbot respond in any of those platforms. And so with that situation, you want to stay short and sweet. So many people think they can take their email and just break it up into chunks and deliver it in a chatbot or even an SMS. So if you try to do that in SMS, you're going to be charged a lot of money because you know the SMS charge fees are based on the length of the message and the number of messages you send. So you need to not just take your email and break it into chunks. You need to translate it. It's almost like translating it into a new language. So if you, let's say, have five bullet points on your website and each of them says, do this ABC, do this A, do this B, do this C, do this D, right? It's telling, it's a monologue. Take that statement and just turn it into a question. Turn it into, even if it's not a question, even if it's a leading statement, do you agree that blah, 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 right? That's a leading statement. Someone wants to answer that question, yes or no. So whenever you're talking in a monologue form on your website or even in your email, typically people take their emails because they're comfortable and familiar with email automation. Take mm -hmm. that email. Here's, a, here's an exercise for you to do to get you ready to break this into a new language. Take your long form email and condense it down or distill it down to one paragraph. Okay, that's hard to do for many people. Writing short stories is harder than writing a novel. You have to do a lot with less. Yeah. So take your big long form email and distill it down to one paragraph. That means you know you have to know the key points in that paragraph. Now, take that paragraph 
and distill it down into one sentence. Again, keeping the essence of your message. Just one sentence, not a run-on, okay? You can't do a run-on sentence, be specific. And then, now the really hard part, bring that sentence down to one word. What word captures the essence of what you're trying to say? And that's always going to be some type of feeling word, right? Some type of feeling action, like be, one of my clients is because I can, is her like hashtag, right? So what is that word? And it's usually a transformational word. So once you've gone through that process, you've gotten your brain used to thinking in smaller chunks. Now you're going to take that and you're going to look at your email and you're going to take the key points and you're going to translate them into questions. And then based on that question, what's the answer that you think this person's going to give, a yes or a no? And if they give a yes, what's the next thing you're going to say? If they give a no, what's the next thing you're going to say? And where do you need to direct them? And so again, face tweet, I give you a few more characters than we used to have in Twitter. So maybe 160 characters on average and keep it. 60% at least questions versus 40% statements. And if you can take your email and translate it using those specific parameters, you can create a conversation in an automated way. Yeah, I really appreciate this example. And, you know, at the conference where we met, you took somebody's website apart and on the homepage, there was a bunch of statement and you turned it into a series of questions and just seeing oh yeah, this feels so much more conversational, so much more engaging. There's an openness to it that is not just declarative and a monologue, but I felt part of the question. And because I engaged with the content, I shaped the conversation, even though it was a very predictable conversation. There's, you can probably say 80, 20 people will choose this answer versus that one. And yeah. creating a flow that guides people to the logical action. And again, this is I like it because it's micro commitments. How difficult is it to just think about a small, innocent question and type yes or no? Okay, another yes or no. You know, you have five bits of dopamine. Now I can make the ask and say, well, if all of this is true, then why don't you download this? This is our XYZ guide on etc. And having gone through the exercise, I felt like magnetically sucked into the top of that funnel where it felt like natural to part with my email and saying, okay, what else do you have in store for me? Yes. Yeah. I, I just, I have to say, so when, when you do this, I also bring in a little bit of fun. You have to bring in your personality because people don't buy from chatbots or websites or copy or monologues. They buy from people. So your personality needs to come in there. So a lot of times I, since I teach this stuff, I had a lot of people, whenever I would make my chatbots, I would have people answer, no, just put those, those answers in there. No, I'm not interested or something like that. And then my response back would be, okay, wait a minute. Are you just playing with my bot or do you really not want any of this information you want to leave? I'm cool with that. You can add your personality to it. You don't have to just stay clinical, okay? Because again, people want to buy from people. So that's yeah, my first and, statement. And you you flavor all your messages also with emojis. So there's this irreverence and there's some attitude and emotionality that comes across that it's not just a transactional thing where you go into a zero one, you know, go through a tree yes. and end up somewhere in some destination. There's a journey that you intentionally craft that I, I believe 
you know, from what I sense, it's focused on emotions. You know, how do I want them to feel at each step? How are they likely going to feel? And how can I modulate this or play with this and get them to ha 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 your yes. messages? Yes. So think about it. I, there's another analogy that I use. It's like you're you're building a road. Now you don't. Here's a here's another key factor in how you can craft these messages. You don't start. Let's say the highway companies or government doesn't start with a, a highway with the on ramp. There's nowhere to go. So why would you start with the on ramp? So you have to start with the destination yeah. in mind. You have to start with the end point. Where am I sending people? And that end point needs to be congruent with the starting point. So if I'm going to be very, very funny, very emotional, very witty, have a dry sense of humor during my chat bot, but when I when the person gets to the end of the line and gets on a phone call with someone and the phone call is completely different and it's clinical and dry and no emotions evolved, there's a disconnect. I don't want to have that conversation. I'm going to have a surprise and we don't want to surprise our prospects. We want to delight them. Yeah. So you need to stay congruent with your roadway, your highway. The end needs to be congruent with the beginning. So if you're not a bubbly, you know, don't do that in your chatbot. You need to stay congruent. So yes, the and I have to, I cannot stress enough those micro commitments, those mini yeses. The more, even a no is a mini yes because they're engaging with your content. So yeah. put that no in there, gather that data. You may think you know everything. You might not. Yeah. No, this is when Russell Brunson, founder of ClickFunnels, did his sales training. He, he talked about what he's looking for in a webinar. And he said, I want to see heads bobbing because these are micro commitments. And if they're not bobbing, then something is wrong. No engagement right. and I'm barking up the wrong tree. So that's that's so important. So if in closing, what do you predict for the future of chatbots and the larger arena of conversational selling. Where do you think this is going to go? After all, you're a futurist, so let's hear it. <laughs> okay, I have to kind of go back a little bit and talk about chatbots. And I know uh, you, you were talking about how it was all the rage a few years ago. And starting around early 2020, late 2019, we went through the pandemic, and then we had an election in the United States. Facebook kind of went more schizophrenic than usual. <laughs> so we had a lot of shakeups and difficulties in the, the social media realm. And we still are seeing some of those, those uh, difficulties even now. But now we're looking forward. You mentioned SMS. SMS is huge. These open rates for chatbots are 90 to 100%. Open rates for, and they're, they're usually within three to five minutes of the time that you send the message. Actually much shorter than that but that's an average. The SMS, same thing, 90 to 100%, and it's within three to five minutes of when you send the message. Like you mentioned, email takes a lot longer because nobody has email uh, notifications on their phone. Not anymore. We would have hundreds of notifications on our phones if we had email notifications. So SMS notifications, people get that little red button that tells them how many messages they have. They have to respond to that. It's a pull to, to not let that alone. Same thing with chatbots. The future of this, I'm not saying any of this is going away. It is absolutely still here. However, I will say you need to use not all of them, but at least a couple of them. So everybody uses email, almost every. If you're not using email, please start there. <laughs> but everybody uses email. Use SMS. Use chatbots. 
And the next thing that's coming that's actually even still here right now is mobile wallet. So most people know that a mobile wallet, they go to Starbucks and they just tap their phone. If you've seen people doing this, they're using their mobile wallet, which means they have a wallet on their phone, which basically they have a credit card stored in that wallet. And the phone credit card recognizes the payment gateway, and it just transfers that data to the payment gateway with a tap. You can use that same mobile wallet like a wallet, not just a wallet for money, but a wallet for items or tickets. So if you create a webinar or a challenge, you can actually have your attendees download like a VIP pass. Think of it like a concert ticket. And they take that VIP pass, they download it into their mobile wallet, and now you have something even better than SMS and and chatbots. You have push notifications. So in that mobile wallet, you can now push a message independent of the rules of a chatbot or the rules of an SMS message, because now you have direct access to their phone. And you can say, hey, I'm going live on this in this webinar in 10 minutes. Don't forget to show up. Here's the link. And that's a push notification. That's not a little red button on their SMS, on their text messaging. That is an actual message that shows up wherever they have said they want their notifications to show up on their lock screen, on the top part bar, wherever that is, it's an automated push notification. Those always get answered because it's our, it's their phone talking to them. And now it's independent of app. It's actually on their phone. And now the show up rates for that, that I mentioned, shared in this uh, conference we attended in that talk, 75% show up rate because of the push notification, not just open, they all open, show up because the push happened on their phone and they clicked it and showed up right at that time. So there's where the future is headed. Using all of those tools or as many of them as you can, because you don't know where people are. I've got my phone turned off for this conversation. So obviously I'm not gonna get any notifications on my phone. Yep. But when I turn it back on, the first notifications that's gonna be there is that push notification. So for all of you listening and, you know, this makes you feeling slightly apprehensive, just know this is a look at the future that's starting now. And over time, you will get more comfortable with it. You know, it becomes natural, like with any technology. I remember two years ago when you saw the first marketers to start requesting mobile phone numbers and said, text me, and I wanted to have Mm -hmm. this. They recognized Facebook, Instagram, all these platforms, they still have rules and regulation of what you can do. And you have to have an independent channel of this. Now, fast forward, end of 2022, you probably get lots of text message notifications or exchanges from people because everyone recognizes, even if you make a cell phone number optional in an opt-in form, 75, 68%, somewhere in that realm, depending on which country you're in, of people just fill it in automatically, even though they don't have to. And so I think society will move in that direction. So thanks for sharing this, Mary Catherine. Uh, Where can people find more about chatbots, what you do? I know you have a chatbot for business owners to understand the power of conversational design. Um, Why don't we finish up with these kind of things? Yes. Can I say one thing about what you just said? I love what you just said. And we have an opportunity as business owners and marketers of our own businesses to create a world 
that is not as spammy as email marketing is right now? How many emails do we get that are just spammy emails, don't care about what we're doing? So to make these platforms, to make chatbots and SMS a mobile wallet not like email, we have an opportunity to take some responsibility and have some care for the people that we communicate with and use this wisely. Use this power wisely. I don't want it just used just to try and make money, as much money in numbers and all that. It really, there are people on the other end of those phones. So we want to take that into consideration and really do justice to those people. All right, so I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would love to have you experience what this looks like. And if you want to go to chatbotmom.com, you will be taken through a conversation that shows you the power of this method. I'm not going to sell you something at the end. If you want to make an appointment with me there, I don't even, I don't even remember if I have that still available, but it allows you to experience this adventure. And it is an adventure. I built the road, but you get to decide when to get in the car and how fast to drive. That's the power of this. I could build the road, but you as the consumer of this, as the user of this are in control. And uh, yeah, I would love to have get your feedback, go experience it. Let me know what you think, chatbotmom.com, and you'll see exactly what it, what it looks like. Yeah, and we'll put this into the show notes along with all the other ways you can connect with Mary Catherine. And I think this really nicely ties into the previous podcast episode with Tom Jacobs, where he was talking about the importance of having these one-on-one conversation on the phone, on Zoom. And you know what he said there is, if you can answer the initial outreach within five to 10 minutes, the chances that you have a discovery call booked from this astronomically increase. And you know, you probably, if you listen to that episode, you probably thought, well, I don't have that kind of time to instantly respond. But imagine if this initial phase was actually a bot that takes people through a number of good questions, starts a conversation that the person feels they're already connecting with you. This extends now the time, that window of 10, 20 minutes where you should call them back to maybe a couple hours. That is enough um, that people still schedule a discovery call with you. So we're definitely looking into this too for our own business. So I'm always looking around what entrepreneurs like you, Mary Catherine, are doing. Thank you so much for sharing all these nuggets. And I hope a lot of people go through your bot and see what it looks like. And I'll let you have the final word. Uli, I am so, so honored to be here. Thank you for letting me talk about my passion and get pretty excited about what I do and helping people do the same because our the power that you have with one conversation to not just transform your business and leap your business forward, but also transform someone's life and leap their business forward or their life forward. That power of that one conversation is in your hands. And what you do with it will impact well beyond you, could eventually impact the world through the connections that we all have. And that's really what we're doing is we're having conversations that connect and allow for transformation. So thank you for letting me chat about that. Now, that's an amazing way to close this out. Thank you again. And for everyone else, we'll see you next week. I trust this episode was inspiring and that you'll join me for a new episode each and every week. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you are listening. And feel free to share it with colleagues and friends. I'm your host, Uli Iselo. See you next week. Thank you.